Tonight, we leave it up to your imagination. So if you don't like the show, it's on you. You are about to enter a world that blurs the line between fact and fiction, where truth is clouded by imagination. Five stories, some are real, some are fake. Join us as we play along with a television cult classic and go beyond, beyond belief. Hello and welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief, episode number 14. I'm Jesse Chapman. Joining me are my co-hosts, Chris Newth. Hi, guys. Tiffany Prasivka. Hey there. And Mark Wahlberg. Hello. <laughs> I always just think that sometimes we go too fast in the open. You know, I'm like, hey guys, so let's slow it down and also be more happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a weird combination. It yes. just turned into creepy. It though, did. Which I guess thematically is not far off. It's not far off. This oh. is a very creepy podcast, or it can be. <laughs> if you're tuning in for the first time, there was a TV show in the late 90s called Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. Basically, what they would do is they would show you five stories. And the game of the show was, could you guess out of the five stories which ones were fact based on real events and which ones were completely made up by the show's writers. For example, there was one story about a wrestler who fought his opponent for 20 minutes without even realizing that he had been dead for those 20 minutes. Crazy. Was it fact? Was it fiction? I don't even remember. (laughs) At the end of the show, they reveal which stories are fact and fiction. Each week on this podcast, we're going to watch an episode of the show. We're going to play along. We're going to discuss the stories and make our own predictions as to which are fact and which are fiction. And we want you guys to play along with us. It's a lot of fun. We have a very special guest with us this week, Max LaBella. Max, welcome to Beyond Beyond Belief. I am very excited and happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, take two. <laughs> I'm very happy to be here. Oh, he's sounding you much... You didn't say excited. Are you excited to And be excited. Here? Well, we're excited to have you because, just so everyone knows, to give a little backstory, he is a horror movie screenwriter. He wrote the film Demonic, which is on uh, DVD and Blu-ray and Netflix right now. Can you tell us a little bit about that movie? Uh, yeah, it is a, uh, it's a horror movie. Oh, perfect. And, I got uh, it. That's how he pitched the movie. He walked yeah. in, he goes, guys, I got an idea. It's a horror movie. Yeah. And they were like, sold. Done. Perfect. Done. Uh, it, is a, it is a haunted house movie with a, a little bit of a twist. It's uh, Usual Suspects meets a, a haunted house movie. And that's kind of all you need oh, to know. Oh, now we're getting oh, a real so. pitch. So I feel like sad. you're the perfect person to like analyze these kinds of stories. I mean, this is what I pretty much do for a living. Yeah. And so you, but you. But now there's too much pressure. So yeah. I feel like if I don't, I should know what's <laughs> you, written and you what's not written. You need to get 100% 100. accuracy. Otherwise, your credibility is completely yeah, shot. Yeah, my career is completely over if yeah. I don't succeed 100%. I will tell mm-hmm. you all the time, Hollywood executives listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, they do. So you better watch yourself you heard that kathleen kennedy (laughs) when did you discover this show did you watch it in the 90s did you watch it later on in life how how did you come to the beyond belief i feel like this was around x-files times for me as a kid where i would watch it from the corner of a room while my mom and dad (laughs) watched it and i was like on the stairs listening to it and the same thing with the opening theme of this and x-files and like unsolved mysteries oh the unsolved mysteries theme creeps me out i would hear it and i would just like stand by the stairs and just listen from afar In Phoenix, Arizona, a 58-year-old businessman named Angelo Desideri vanished from his home. 400 miles away, his car was found ablaze. No trace of Angelo Desideri has ever been found. Okay, so you're listening from afar as a child. You didn't want nothing to do with this, but now you're like... Now I'm back. But now you're not only back, but you write scary movies. And so like, where where does that come from? I I think I have a debilitating fear of the dark. I, I, I went to therapy when I was younger because I was so scared of the dark. 
Uh, and my therapist used to put me in a closet and keep me there. What is that called? Like not immersion therapy? Or, no, well, it is a, kind I, of. Yeah, I think immersion, it is immersion therapy. therapy. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's like uh, that's like if you're afraid of spiders, hold a spider. If you're afraid of the dark, a pro tip: it didn't work. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm still terrified of the it dark. It only made it worse. Yeah, yeah. It, it made it uh, so much worse. I'm still I'm 31 years old and and terrified of the dark. Do you have any personal stories that are kind of? Beyond belief in some way. Minus a therapist locking me in a closet. <laughs> was that fact or fiction? Uh, that was fact. Oh, yeah. it, does seem, it does seem we fact. Just horrifying. <laughs> but uh, in college, for the span of a year, I became obsessed with the 23 Enigma. Movie. Oh, you mean the Jim Carrey movie? Yes, I was just, the movie was <laughs> the so number 23, good. Yeah, yeah. Joel Schumacher. Oh I mean, after Phone ben, Booth, where do you go from there? I know. The number 23. Yes. Absolutely. Can you explain that for some people who don't know yeah. what the number 23 um, is? I just started seeing the number 23 everywhere. And it became such a big part of my life that I would take a picture every single time. So in college, I have like 200 pictures of the number 23 every single day where I saw it everywhere. But it stopped after I bought a new car and I started seeing that car everywhere. And someone explained to me the phenomenon of like, you know, we're all like right. striving to put patterns together and, and stuff like that and explain that phenomenon to me. And then it just clicked of like, oh, maybe that's why I'm seeing 23s everywhere. Yeah. Just as soon stopped. as you get it, that's happened to me too. I yeah, got, exactly. I had a, I had a Yaris years ago yep. and it was like a weird design car. And then because it was kind of unique, I saw it. I was like, no one has this car. Everyone had that car. Yeah, exactly. You had a Yaris? I had a, okay. We don't <laughs> oh, yeah. have to get into that. Let's go ahead and dive into the stories today, guys. But what we're basically going to do is we're going to give you a quick recap of each story. Then we're going to talk about it. Then we're going to predict, is it fact? Is it fiction? The first story of today's episode is called Kirby. All right, what's up with the lousy monkey? His name's Kirby. He's not a lousy monkey, Perry. He's a giant lowland gorilla. Is he, is he ready? I'm still having some problems. The studio's been calling me all morning. I mean, they start shooting next week. They want the ape now. It's a software problem. I just need more time. I want this piece of junk working! Do not call him a piece of junk. Not in front of him. What? That gorilla looked amazing it's from like, the movie Congo. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this story is about animatronics, and it featured better animatronics than I've ever seen anywhere in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like animatronics always look better when they're you can see them being worked as well. You know, like you see someone playing with the controls, and then they're That's moving true. around. I don't, like, well, I don't think it was an animatronic, though. You don't? Oh, you think yeah. it was someone? It was someone in a suit, right? Yeah. Okay. It looked well, too good. Well, Chris, yeah. Chris, give us a recap. What happened in this story? So the story's about a guy who works in the movie industry in like Van Eye somewhere and he is creates different animatronic creatures. creatures for movies and TV shows and he's working currently on a life-size gorilla and he has a terrible boss who after work comes into the animatronic uh, studio and starts playing with the creatures controls and then the gorilla comes to life chases him up a ladder Shakes the ladder, the guy falls to his death, and then we're all left wondering, did that gorilla really come to life on its own? Oh, I'm not wondering. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said it was the talk in the corridors of Hollywood. No, this had happened. What corridors do Hollywood have, <laughs> by the, the way? Can, of the town. Wait, can I get invited to the corridors? Yeah, I feel guys. Like I'm where are these out? corridors yeah. at? Is there like a guest pass that we yeah, have to acquire? I've exclusive. never heard this either, and I feel like we would have. I'm but leaning if it fiction if it heavy on if this. If it happened in 1992... Let's say yeah. we probably wouldn't have heard about it. I mean, it was like some guy died back then, like he fell off a staircase. They That's had... why we do CG only now. Oh my <laughs> god, that makes sense. The only thing I will say about the mean boss is 
thank goodness that the boss is the type of guy that talks out loud to himself and comes into the the <laughs> basement and says this employee is an idiot. I'm going to fire him because the gorilla otherwise would never have known nope. that the boss was a mean guy. <laughs> he would never have even attempted to attack him. No, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. I, I, what if the gorilla just tipped over on the guy? <laughs> well, that's, that would get to the kernel of truth. That's the kernel of truth. It's a heavy, if it's an animatronic, we're talking hundreds and hundreds of pounds. That's also a heavy elaboration yeah. as to what happened then. But who was the witness? How do we even know? That's another part. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny, the whole time right. we were watching it, I, I made a point of being like, well, I guess Jesse and I will have uh, a lot of the same things to talk about yeah. because we tend to agree yeah. on like when you talk about urban legends, when you talk about stories that get told, we talk about who witnessed this, yeah, who told this story. Yeah. How did this become a rumor? Because all that really happened was the police officer showed up, saw the guy had fallen from this ladder, saw animatronics. And then, yeah, even with the it, did the guy go around being like, Oh, I think I may have somehow killed my boss with the animatronic. Well, that the gorilla I made? was moved. That was the that was the right. main yeah, thing. Is that the gorilla was in a different spot. The oh, boss even tried using it before. So I feel like if anything, for me, it seemed as if the boss came in. He moves it to see that works, and then you know takes a stumble, whatever. And then the police show up the next day. I just don't understand why the guy who made the animatronic would tell the story because he'd be the only one. Well, remember who would. he also revealed at the end that he had taken the chip out. So theoretically, when he went home for the night, he apparently took like the motherboard of the gorilla. So the gorilla should not have been operable at all. Exactly. Oh, right. So, so he can work on the bug. I guess. Yes, yeah, so we could work because yeah, he's making this really advanced uh, animatronic for a Does Hollywood movie. Does anybody here believe? this story could be fact because i can't i can't see any i can't see i, any. I believe it i don't know if i can defend it though <laughs> <laughs> welcome to our podcast yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah that was the first name for our podcast yeah. actually i believe it but i can't, can't defend it because i see how long. this story spiraled out of control i think there was an accident maybe he slipped and the gorilla was in a different spot let's go back to the kernel truth all that had to happen here is a guy moves the gorilla across the room physically walks up a staircase falls off and dies that's it correct that's yeah. all that has to happen here how many people here have heard of the guy who lost his head who was killed by the helicopter blade on apocalypse now me i have i have everybody at this table knows that famous hollywood death nobody at this table has heard of this anime and this is such a creative fun way to go like if you're gonna die uh i feel like everyone would know about this this is so fiction to me well i feel like the helicopter i mean that that was very public that was on a movie i mean that's a Wait, little are we talking about apocalypse now or the twilight zone movie Oh, was, was it, it the Twilight oh, Zone? I was thinking oh, Twilight maybe Zone. Maybe it was the Twilight Zone. Either yeah. way, some guy <laughs> some <laughs> guy got his head chopped off, point. yada, yada, yeah. yada. All right, let's go ahead and move into prediction phase. This is where we all say, do we believe it's fact? Do we believe it's fiction? First up, even though I think this story did not happen even remotely as it is portrayed, I think that, yeah, this totally could have happened. A guy could have fallen off a staircase. Fact. That's all that happened here. <laughs> Next up, Mark, what do you think? Fact or fiction? Oh, um, okay. Uh, gut? Yeah. Fiction. All right. Next up, <laughs> Max, what do you think? First time you're guessing on the show. Oh, my God. A lot so of pressure. pressure. Fact. Okay. Okay. That was Wait, easy. what? He just came in his Fact. first try. Was that confident? <laughs> yeah. He's, God, hey. I am a horror writer. So. <laughs> <laughs> we have set this up. Yes. Chris, what do you think? It is fiction 100%. Oh, thank you, Chris. <laughs> All right, Tiffany. Um, I totally see your guys' point of view with the fact. Um, I am going to go with my gut, though, and I'm going to stick with fiction. But just know that it's very close. I like <laughs> how you hedge your bets, because even if you get it wrong, you're like, well, I exactly. said I said earlier. I'm going to say this for every single Absolutely. prediction tonight. Yeah. Technically 100%. Technically. All right, guys. The last thing we do in the prediction phase is we flip a coin. 
And all this is for is to see if we can beat random chance. If it's heads, the coin is going to predict fact. If it's tails, the coin is going to predict fiction. We'll do it for every story. And at the end, we'll see if we've beaten the coin. Here we go. Do we have stats on that? Yeah, right somewhere. By, right by my crack. <laughs> it has to, we have to count it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me just do one more. Fact. All right. The coin is voted fact. Let's go ahead and reveal. Is this story fact? Is this story fiction? It is going to be revealed at the end of the show. You do have to stay tuned. We're going to move on to our next story right now, which is called Dust. I knew Matt was right. We probably should have minded our own business, but I couldn't help myself. Hi. Do you need any help? I locked myself out. I've lived here my whole life. I left my keys right there on the table. I didn't even know how to break into a house, but I wanted to impress this woman. Well, I'm just glad that they had such an accurate portrayal of teenagers, especially teenage girls in this uh, story. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, very oh, natural. Oh, yes. I and... know what you're talking about. <laughs> I do as well. <laughs> Me too. I'm a female teenager. <laughs> Living for sure. <laughs> What's the summary of this one? So these two guys, they're they're jogging after some basketball and they see this little hottie trying to, it looks like she's breaking into the house, but I think she... The ass shot was very long. There was one. a long ass shot. I will give you, there was a... <laughs> I I told a you great, I was going to sneak great, it in well, at yeah, some so point. You got to sneak in the ass shot. Yeah, had to do it. Uh, they go up to her. She's claiming that she's locked her keys in the house, and they just lift the window open when she clearly could have. She is a woman, so she, I guess she couldn't lift All the window. Right. Open. She needs a man to open that All window for right. her. I was, I was commentating on the sexism <laughs> of the show. Um, I'm not so sure. <laughs> so they go inside, and she's acting like she's in a daze, and, and she's acting like a Ritz cracker. Yes, she is a Ritz <laughs> Wait, cracker. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I'll, I'll ask I, a follow-up question Ritz later. Cracker. <laughs> So she's acting strange, and she gives them a drink, lemonade, I, I believe, uh, and then she makes some vague 70s references, Donna sure. Summer, and they, they just leave. Gas nothing. shortage. Yeah, gas shortage, exactly. <laughs> Iran-Contra, yeah, you know. Nixon, Nixon, Nixon. So the two guys leave, and they come back the next day, and the house is boarded up. Vacant and boarded dilapidated. Up. Yeah, boarded, boarded up. Clearly not the same house, and there's this realtor outside, and he tells them that there was a woman here who lived here. 20 years ago, who died uh, by committing suicide. And they're like, there's no way. So they go inside, and to their surprise, there are footsteps, footprints. <laughs> Can't see a footstep. <laughs> and next to the footsteps was rings from the drinks, that lemonade that they had. And then all of a sudden, the footsteps disappeared. And then they just booked it out of the house. Even the realtor. Um, so this is a tale of... They've been dead the whole time. I don't even really understand. This was such a bland version of this story. It wasn't like they learned anything. It wasn't like there was this lesson to take but away. But I think it's fun, honestly. Like, I love... I, they they show up to this house. They have this encounter with this woman. They have, like, pink lemonade. And then the very next day, they go back. The house is is vacant. And then they still see fresh rings from their lemonade it's so i i think that's really cool i actually i just wish it was more of a surprise i was surprised that they made it so obvious that something was off about there was her. no attempt to disguise no attempt. that the girl was a ghost well yeah. she had she no she did everything but float yeah, by them yeah they even had like a spooky musical cue like every time she'd say something that was like obviously pointing that she was a ghost she'd be like oh i like donna summers <laughs> Oh, and she didn't shake their hands, too. And she introduced herself as Sarah Ghostin. Yeah. See, yeah, I think that, that was, was one step too. A little on the nose, I yeah. think, right. 
what I found interesting is that the whole time I was watching it up until towards the end, I was like, okay, it's just these two kids telling this story. Like, yeah, who could, this? could two kids have said, we came to a house and then it was gone the next day? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, sure. But then they tried to put the real estate agent in there being like, oh, here's this third party. But there is still just something so ridiculous about it. And I hate these stories where it's just someone recounting something where there isn't really someone to back it up. And I just don't know if the real estate agent... It's like, how does this story get out? Do they really go around just telling the story in the neighborhood and then it gets into like a newspaper and then someone picks up the newspaper and it's like, we should send this to Beyond Belief. And then Beyond Belief is like, perfect. This is a great story for us. <laughs> Not like, how it works. Yeah. No, I know. But I'm just I'm just like, how does it happen? And then the gorilla like goes through all the mail yeah. and chooses Beyond Belief stories. <laughs> Beyond Belief hotline. Oh my gosh. Let's go ahead and predict. Is it fact or is it fiction? First up, Tiffany. It's one of those things with, you know, just these two teenagers. Yeah, they could have just told the story. I just don't understand how it really got out there in a big way. Fiction. All right. Next up, Chris. You know, I was trying to think what the, you know, ghostly element was for this one. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. The idea that they'd be invited into somewhere and then the whole thing was just not some weird apparition or something. Fiction. All right. I'm going to go next. I'm also going to say fiction. This is like the last story of the week that they had to quickly write. Yeah, don't like, blame yeah. the writer. <laughs> Everyone always goes to that. Oh, we have to be careful about our comments. Oh my God, here we go. They put a lot of hard work in that, Bob and Mike. I, I, I respect you both. Mark, what do you think? Fact or fiction? Uh, I'm going to go with fiction. Yeah, you are. Max, last up. Fact or fiction? Maybe in the 90s, the whole trope of she's been dead for 20 years wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Fiction. I have to. Yeah, we see it coming a mile away. All right, guys, let's flip a coin. Wow. All right, guys, we're going to move on to our next story, which is called Malibu Cop. The Southern California beaches are the most beautiful in the world. That's why I moved to a house on the water almost five years ago. Maybe it's because I'm a cop, but I like it when the beaches are clean and free of litter, especially dead bodies. She was my neighbor, but now she was a victim of a bullet in the chest. Especially dead bodies. Doesn't everybody? Wait, I mean, you what? haven't seen a dead body on the beach before? <laughs> He's like, Don't you live in Los Angeles? What's happening here? All right, I'm going to recap the story about a cop who finds a dead body on the beach. No witnesses, no evidence, except a bullet. They collect the bullet, they send it to forensics. The cop is like, The boyfriend has a rock solid alibi. The cop goes home, and then it's revealed that every night he has nightmares of murders, cases that he's investigated over the years, and it's kind of horrifying. He falls asleep, and he has yet another nightmare of the case he's currently investigating. He's on the beach, and he sees the woman, and he sees the gun, and it shoots, and it startles him awake. And then he wakes up, and he realizes that he has scratches on his chest. Oh, I must have done that in my sleep. And then he goes into the bathroom and he sees that his socks are wet and sandy. And then he sees that his shirt has tears in it and blood on it. And then he realizes that he's the one that killed the girl. He's a sleep he's, killer. I was for a sleepwalker, he left a surprisingly lack amount of evidence. Yeah, I mean. How impressive. But, you know, when you're a cop and you investigate crimes your whole life, I mean, you're going to cover up that evidence. Even have, when sleepwalking. This is basically Law & Order Beyond Belief Victims Unit is what this episode Vice, was. Miami. Yeah, exactly. There was a, complete with the kooky lab tech. Yeah. I wish that I would see. Sandwich. Can I not see one story 
that includes a lab tech that's just a normal person. You mean yeah. not eating a tuna sandwich? He, but but also talking about the tuna sandwich. Like <laughs> no one ever talks about the food they're eating. But he's like he's like, what did you find on that bullet? And he's like, oh, tuna. He's like <laughs> like no, just no. G- give me the details. You can't find a good tuna sandwich in the city anymore. I told you. <laughs> you say tuna fish or tuna? I said tuna. Tuna, tuna sandwich. Eh, tuna fish. Are you, are you critiquing how we describe? <laughs> yeah. You say, you say tuna fish sandwich? Yeah. yeah sometimes. Like tuna fish. Oh, I, I sometimes leave off sandwich. When someone says a tuna sandwich, do you get confused? And you're like, well, I'm not confused. <laughs> Wait, what kind, kind of tuna? What yeah, kind yeah. of tuna? Yeah, if you just say tuna, how do I know it's a sandwich? You could be having some sear tuna and broccolini. <laughs> Wait, I ask right you what you had for confusing. lunch and you say tuna fish. I, I, yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's supposed to tell me you had a tuna sandwich? I think Chris should be a lab tech. I, I think that's what, I'm, <laughs> that's what I'm getting from all this. Do you think he turned himself in or do you think he was caught? Guys, because he was a great detective. He's going He's going to his superior and he's turning himself yeah. in. Have you seemed, learned anything from this? He was the best detective I've ever seen. He seemed like a stand-up guy. <laughs> <laughs> On, I mean, that's, uh, they didn't say that, but I, in some ways I thought it was implied that, for me, it's like how you, you hear the stories that he turned himself in. And this is a pretty crazy, ridiculous story. I mean, I could see it getting around and it getting out there in some way for sure, especially because the murder itself would have been yeah. solved. I really want to think this is fact because it's such a creepy cool story but doesn't it seem like the perfect one to write i think this one is a case of tf tbf it's a lot of letters we all know we all know we all know what it is you don't have to explain it just let's move on you know the few people who don't understand uh it's too fiction to be fiction tf tbf i still you let's add that to the glossary you've just explained it now i need you to explain it son of a bitch i thought you were just gonna move on from me it's too fiction to be fiction. What did you get <laughs> about that? Thank, actually, you for, thank you for about that, that detailed this explanation. This actually kind of yeah. goes into what I, I feel like we've talked about a lot. Things that feel just a little too weirdly specific in a way that it almost has to be true because it'd be so crazy for it to be. It's so, false. it's such we an obvious like story. The I, I mean, it's even in the 90s. It's so with the VO and the cop the whole time he did the murder. He's yeah. investigating his own murder. Well, like this is that. very reminiscent of the movie Wolf with Jack Nicholson. I don't know if anyone's seen that, but he he doesn't realize that he's a werewolf mm-hmm, and then he starts uncovering yeah, like even the wet socks like he sees dirt on his shoes and he sees all these pieces of evidence so it's like oh and then he finds out he's the one that murdered his co-worker i think that isn't it slightly believable the kernel of truth of him maybe he was sleepwalking he felt he fell asleep in his uniform had his gun still wrapped around him in his beach home kind of slept walk into the ocean ran into somebody and kind of like weird startle response since he's like sleepwalking just pulls his gun out and cocks it and shoots it i really uh, thank Could you for happen? thank you for walking me through all the steps of how to fire a weapon yeah <laughs> i wouldn't have under, out i wouldn't have understood <laughs> if you pull just said out. pulled yeah. it out and shoot it <laughs> let's go ahead and make our predictions fact or fiction first up mark i don't know <laughs> Nothing. I have I've written nothing <laughs> he, on my notes he has for this not one. one note for this not story. one note. Um, so that means it's fact. Great. I love that line of reasoning, Max. What do you think? Fact or fiction? Uh, TFTBF. Let's go fact. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You well, just... two fictions cancel each other out. That's what it is. Basically. Exactly. If you know algebra, uh, it, you'll know that rule? formula. It's it two fiction to be fiction. fiction. I thought it was two fact to be fact. <laughs> no, Mark, it's two, oh, two wait, wait, fiction. Wait, 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 wait. You're confusing TFTBF with TFTBF. Max is just rolling in and he's like, I'm going to create, like, he wants to create, like, a thing for oh, us. Yeah. To I'm going to leave my mark at this whole place. It's going to be hashtag TFTBTBS. Uh, TBS Conan on TBS at 11 always funny always funny very very nice wait wait wait. my favorite part is that 
Mark, we have this running gag where he always confuses fact, fact for fiction, and he did it again. But kind in of, the acronym, the acronym, yeah. I will say, is slightly more confusing. confusing. Tiffany, fact or fiction? <laughs> um, I am also going to go fact. Love Thank it. You. Chris. You know, I try to look at this in terms of the paranormal, and there is none here. It's a sleepwalker who killed someone. It could have happened, I guess, so I'm going to say fact. All right, last up, I will go fact. My gut is telling me fact, so I'm going to go fact here. And let's flip a coin fact as well all right wow so everyone including the coin is voted mm-hmm. fact let's move on to story number four today which is called a joyful noise <laughs> see he confuses that anywhere. too he just doesn't understand <laughs> opposites <laughs> sister louise Pittman and her mighty rays of joy have been singing together for the past 10 years at saint mordecai's baptist church and Sister Louise prides herself on having perfect control. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's getting late, so I don't see any point in starting a new song. I'll see you all on Sunday. First service, 8 a.m. A joyful noise. Tiffany, what happened in this story? <laughs> so we follow a choir group that they have a very strict schedule with the rehearsals and the choir leader is very strict about, you know, you have to get there on time and they haven't been late in the 10 years that they've all been doing this choir group together. And then we go to the day of rehearsal and through all these like circumstances, each one of them, even the choir teacher, who's the one so adamant about them being on time, they all get there 10 minutes late. And then when they arrive at the church, they see that there's police everywhere and this gas leak had, you know, led to an explosion in the church just 10 minutes prior. So in the first time in 10 years that they're all late, it actually saved their lives because if they had been there, they also would have been killed. I love this. I love this story. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> but it's an elegant story. She yeah. recapped it in like 20 seconds. Yeah. That's what's so, so nice simple. about it. It's so very, very, simple. very crystal simple. clear. But what I love about it is that like God wanted to keep them alive, but God really wanted to blow up that church anyway. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Teach them a lesson. If I were God, am I going to blow up a church? And then convince people that already believe in me that I'm real? Or am I going to blow up the community center where the atheists are meeting? That's what I would do, right? Because then... This then, is why you're not going. Well, no, but think about this. If, if you do that, then you could potentially convince people that you exist. I mean, the big thing we're all overlooking here is if God can pop the tire and do all these little things and can't turn the gas valve? Because that was right in a gas explosion at the end? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, mm-hmm. why would God just not prevent the explosion? I also like how if you look at all the reasons they're late, a lot of them is like, you know, oh, the, the pop tire. Oh, this thing happened. So she has to take the long way to work. And then one girl just talked on the phone for too long. Yeah. Like, what was it? <laughs> what right was the she inter- was speaking with God. Honestly, yeah. I don't know. What what was the interference? On the most ornate phone you'll ever see in your entire life. <laughs> yeah, we'll screen cap that for you guys. But it looked like a phone that was invented before phones were invented. Yeah, yeah. we do. It looked like a phone from 1642. But at the same time, 1642, but also like 2200 as well. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not going to bury the lead here. I saw this story on Unsolved Mysteries. It's fact. Wait, Whoa. you're saying the same story is shared on Unsolved Mysteries? Yes. So Wait, you either really? believe me oh, and believe oh, my memory because I'm telling you that I know this to be true. It, there is a 5% chance that I'm misremembering and mm-hmm. I only remember this story from Beyond Belief. 
but I am 95% confident Here's that this story mm-hmm. was un- unsolved mysteries and it is fact. Here's it why I believe exact- you, because I have fact written on my paper already. <laughs> That's not a good reason to believe me. me. That has no, that- I, it's all coincidence. I mean, these yeah. sort of things happen, I feel like, all the time. And yeah, you have five different people, but I also, it seems like a lot went down in this town the night before, like something happened in the street and there was a sinkhole. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't surprise me that, I don't know, I just, it's coincidence. It's, it's like not reverse super- final destination. Great film. Yeah. <laughs> unsolved mysteries aside, there's so much documentation to back this up if mm-hmm. it's true. And like you were saying about coincidence, like given enough time, these things will happen. Yeah. Let's go ahead and place our yeah. bets. I mean, <laughs> there's really not a ton to discuss here. It's a coincidence-based story. First up, Chris, what do you think? Fact true. or fiction? Fact. I'm going to go with fact. All right, Max? I'm going to have to go with fact. All right. I'm also going to go with fact. Why? Because I saw it on Unsolved Mysteries. I remember <laughs> Robert Stack. Yeah, cheater. I know. I, well, I hesitated. I thought to myself, do I bring this up? But I have to say, I feel like it would be cheating if I had secret information. Because mm-hmm. this is in the zeitgeist. This is like the same way in which we all kind of knew the kid in the closet was real. It was like, would this story be as famous? Yeah. Like we kind of used outside information. But then again, it is 100% possible <laughs> That I have misremembered because memories are very fallible. This could have just been a Beyond Belief story and it could be fiction. Was it the same story exactly? It exactly. Was a but in my memory, again, it was a nighttime uh, story. Um, we'll do some investigation, actually post this in the show notes if we find out it was Unknown Some Mysteries. But I believe it was nighttime and it wasn't a choir group. It was just like a church meeting. Like, mm. I have all these different details yeah. in my head, which makes me think that it was actually a different huh. show. We'll see what happens. Tiffany, what do you think? Uh, I will also say fact. All right. And Mark. Yeah, I think it's a case of the old I-I-F-G-I-T. Okay, again, well, wait, you don't really have... No, I don't know if you no, have to I explain. It's know. very obvious. No, please tell me. Well, Tiff, you might have forgot. It's uh, If it feels good, it's true. <laughs> Usually a lot of the feel-good stories. It's true or, f- or fact. Why wouldn't wait. you put fact at the end there? Because he... <laughs> The show is called Fact or Fiction. It's the old I-I-F-G-I-F. You don't even know your own saying? (laughs) He confuses fact and fiction. It's easier if you let him say true. Yeah. Anyway, he's a host of the show? It's fact. Unfortunately. We sign contracts and everything. Yeah. Let's go ahead and flip a coin. Fiction. Okay, the coin is now veering off path. But we're going to go ahead and move on to our fifth and final story of the day, which is called The Hooded Chair. Steel magnate George Talbot III inherited a billion-dollar business from his late father. He spent most of his time traveling the world in search of priceless relics. Like so many sons of the rich, he was spoiled rotten. That's why he was one of my favorite clients. But this time, George's obsession had gone too far. It's here. Best line of the entire episode, maybe the series thus far, I will not be destroyed by a chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was uh, this was quite the awesome. story, Mark. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm recapping. Uh, yeah. Okay, so there's this I don't know steel magnet, whatever that means. He's a very very rich kind of like creepy guy. Moves into it, looks like the San Fernando Valley, and he has this like person that kind of goes out and finds these like antiques that he wants, and and finally he's got this this new obsession. He finally got it, and it's a hood chair, which is like this really old big chair with like a long tall back and a kind of like a hood a little roof over it and it's really spooky it's supposed to be cursed um you know he's like really protective of it and he's waiting to get this list of all the previous owners uh meanwhile his maid sits in the chair he freaks out 
day later, she dies. Then a friend comes over. He insists that he sit in the chair. Then he dies in a dramatic plane crash. So now the main guy, his assistant comes in and has this like painting from 1813. It's the famous painting of Napoleon sitting in a chair. And the chair is the hooded chair. And she's like, hey, he lost in Waterloo the next day or something, the next day or whatever. So it is cursed. And so he freaks out. He goes to destroy it with an axe. But before he can hit it, he has a heart attack and dies. So it did get the best of him. It did. Well, literally, he says, I won't be destroyed by a chair and then is about to chop it with an axe and has a heart attack. And then he is destroyed. It was 1815, not 1813. Get your facts right. Whoa. I hate you so much, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) We have that thing, you know? Yeah, Uh we love each other. The Um, music in this episode was like, every time you saw the chair, it was like, oh, yeah. It felt more like something you'd hear for aliens rather than like a haunted, cursed chair. I don't know. They ran out of the They brought out like the theremin and like the really spooky saw. This was like the ring, but with chairs. (laughs) (laughs) Not, yeah, yeah, kind of. I'm going to a studio tomorrow to pitch that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so the kernel of truth is that there's obviously some story of a haunted chair that people sat in it and then happened to die later. Except for him, he didn't die. He was because he owned the chair, I guess. It's supposed to be that he. But they did say that like his company started going bankrupt. So he was cursed in other ways. That's the same as Jenny dying after sitting in the chair. Uh, Poor poor Jenny. Never mind. You're right. She shouldn't have sat in the chair. chair. (laughs) chair. She's the the help. She's the maid. I mean, so the kernel of truth would have to be the coincidence. And then because there's such a mythology around this chair, the story is told after. Afterwards, I guess there was just something about like it being Napoleon's chair that felt a little off and writer. All right, all right. It could just be. You what know. do you say, writer? Wait, hold on, Max. Are there any spooky <laughs> chairs in your horror film? Did they steal your twist? Were you able to like come on set and be like, "Get me a spookier chair"? <laughs> no, no. Spooky One with chair. a hood. <laughs> I've, written, I've written a spooky. I've written a, ro- a chair rocking on its own. Ooh, okay. But that was oh, yeah. old me. Imagine the hooded chair rocking on its own. <laughs> yeah. It's so big oh and bold. Rocking. I feel like the opening to Are You Afraid of the Dark had the chair like yeah. moving on its own in the attic. Oh, the oh, swing. Was there a chair yeah. too? No, there was a chair. There chair a in chair the attic, too. right? So uh, I have to come clean here. And just like Jesse had mentioned before, like I should put us all on the same page here and not get an advantage. And I have to say that I, I, I did see this on Ancient Aliens <laughs> a few seasons ago. I have to be honest, too. I actually saw the same story on Meerkat Manor a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I own the hooded chair, so well aware. I am Napoleon. I, yeah. <laughs> I would know. I'm sitting in it right now. <laughs> I don't got anything else. Where, <laughs> yeah. Where did the curse come from? Well, they don't even attempt because Napoleon. Napoleon no, 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 no. <laughs> Napoleon sat in the chair, then lost Waterloo. That means, that means the curse was already in place in uh, the chair. Right. So where did that curse come from? How does anyone know? Where did he get it? What's the yeah. backstory behind it before Napoleon? I mean, when it comes to tropes in the show, where do you guys usually find it leans toward? It's this- weird because sometimes, oh, it's very tropey. It's fact. Sometimes it's very yeah. tropey. It's, they do. A, they really do a good job. I would be willing to bet if we said, okay, let's go with all the stories that take place in LA. There's no correlation. Let's go all the stories right. that yeah. are, are sentimental. No correlation. No. They do a good job of mixing it up. Because the, the curse being passed, like the Exorcist movie, like yeah. people after the shooting of the Exorcist movie, there's like five of them strangely died from really weird coincidence. Mm-hmm. That's and Poltergeist. That, yes, and Poltergeist that actually happened. So what are you telling me? Two people died after sitting in a chair? Yeah, this is fact. I mean, that's kind of what I initially thought. Like, okay, so that's I mean, one the was old- flying in a plane 
plane, like that is already dangerous. Well, speaking of the plane, though, that plane crash footage that they flashed to was from an earlier Beyond oh, Belief totally episode. Right. Yeah, we didn't want you to sure. be too impressed, Max, oh, by man, that plane crash. I was, crash I was like, whoa. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, where'd the budget come yeah, from? Like, earlier. The monkey, yeah. Because of that, I kind of lean towards this. Can you um, imagine, if you will, a writer's room and they go, okay, the first person's going to just die in a car accident. We don't have to show that, but we should show something. I mean, what else do we have on, on file? And they go, oh, well, we should show the plane crash footage. Oh, perfect. Well, one person was like, well, you could be attacked by like a monkey, you know, like a giant no, ape in the jungle. No, that was just this episode. Like, that oh, was just this it, episode. It. We can't do that. It was a gorilla. I said monkey too, but it was a, uh, it was a gorilla. Yeah. There's it, a difference. Or was Ask it an Jane ape? Goodall. There is a difference. But wait, hold on. Is there a difference between ape and gorilla? I don't a know. I'm not Jane ape. Goodall. A silverback monkey. Well, you're not Jane Goodall? <laughs> I am even here right now. <laughs> wait to the next room for our Wait, you thought you were podcast. coming on to Jane Goodall's podcast? That's what this whole thing was. We told him about the ape story to start with, and he was like, oh, I'm such a big fan of Jane Goodall. Let's go ahead and lock in our predictions. First up, Tiffany, fact or fiction? I'm going to go fiction. Chris, fact or fiction? In the past in this show, when they do historical stuff, they typically go fact. And I want to say that this was their example of like, let's put something historical kind of in there, but like make it written. So I'm going to say fiction. All right. Sounds good. I'm going to go next. Based on the plane footage, maybe this is taking it too far, but based solely on the fact that they reused plane footage from a previous episode, I think they were just spitballing in the room of what old footage they had that they could use to show an accident. So for that, that reason and that reason I'm alone, sure. mm-hmm. I'm going fiction. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, Mark. You know, that could be the part they elaborate. You know, the two people dying, maybe... They're going to say how they actually died, no? No, but maybe one person died or whatever. The kernel of truth being, like, Napoleon died in this chair or, what, or died after sitting in this chair in this guy. Anyways, I'm going to go fiction, too, because I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and Max, go ahead. I'm going to go against the grain on this one. Ooh. Against the chair grain? <laughs> yes. Against the wood grain of the chair? Yes. Uh-huh. I'm going to say fact. All right, thank you, Max. Let's flip a coin. Fiction. Even the coin disagrees with me. All right, guys, coming up, we're going to reveal which stories are fact and which are fiction. Stay with us. This week's episode of Beyond Beyond Belief is brought to you by Digital Alarm Clock. Are you struggling with waking up late to get to church? Well, fear no more because the Digital Alarm Clock is here and it will wake you up every morning is this just for church well i mean it could be school it could be anything oh it could okay be church or you could wake up after a nap with the digital yeah. alarm clock i mean you can just Let me guess hit the snooze button and it stops ghosts from entering your house i mean no if you hit snooze it'll i think you can set it for a five or ten minute snooze so then it'll come back either at five minutes or ten minutes later but if you flip it over it'll tell mm-hmm. you what time you're gonna die let me let me guess here uh no, but you know, right. it does have this really great battery backup. Yeah, and there's like a brightness control with a four switch dimmer so that if you're sleeping at night, you can set the numbers to not be so bright. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's like a really kind of simple, no frills design, very mm-hmm. modern. It's, I mean, I, I, you know, it sounds like basically what you guys are pitching is just a strictly alarm clock with no kind of tie in to it. Who is the sponsor this week? Uh, this is just a digital alarm clock. Okay. Well, uh, the digital alarm clock company presents digital alarm clocks. Presents. All right, and we're back. We're about to find out which stories are fact, which stories are fiction, and which stories are neither. Nope, it's going to be one or the other. First up, this is Kirby. This is the story of the animatronic gorilla that killed the guy's boss. Now, I thought it was fact. 
Max thought it was fact. Everyone else thought it was fiction. Let's find out. Did you guess that a similar story to this one did occur? Not this time. It never happened. Fiction. I just feel like they wouldn't write stories about Hollywood if it wasn't, you know, it's like, it's like. We would have heard about it, man. No, would you have? One of the the five of us would have heard about it. Every time I say we would have heard about it, I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Not this time. Let's go ahead on to the next story. The next one was called. Was this dust? Dust. The next one was called dust. This is the one about the 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 dust creepy dust <laughs> and the woman who was a ghost the whole time. Now everyone thought this was fiction. Let's go ahead and find out. Uh oh. If you thought this one was based on a real event, we got you. It never happened. Fiction. Let's rejoice in the fact that this story was a little too bland. Yeah. Yeah. Without, you know, it was, why would this it was be told? like a, a, a Ritz cracker, if you will. Yeah. Okay. We're moving right I along. I still don't understand. No one does. Story number three was called Malibu Beach. Now, this was Malibu, Malibu Cop. Cop. <laughs> Malibu Beach Cop Barbie. Uh, <laughs> this was the one about the cop who ended up sleepwalking and murdering a woman on the beach. Guess what? We all thought it was fact. Let's find out. Is there really a recorded case of a policeman who found himself guilty and then booked himself for murder? Yes, there is. A similar event took place. Fact. Uh, did we miss in the story where they said he booked himself? It was implied. It just I don't implied. Think they said it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, Max, Max you were Max right. was so sure that detective. he was he was gonna. He hey. has a good conscience. Mm-hmm. Great detective. All right. Next up is called a joyful noise. This is story number four. It was about the people that were never late to church except the one time the church exploded <laughs> now everyone thought this was fact and if you're right about this unsolved mysteries thing then i'm guaranteed at least 80 percent. well let's see if robert stack host of unsolved mysteries stacked up oh did a similar incident to this one actually happen to a church choir yes it did this one took place fact mystery solved, solved. mysteries <laughs> mysteries well the mystery's not solved isn't that? No, because how did that happen? That's the unsolved mystery. Oh, they don't part explain it. it. I guess it's still unexplained. Yeah, or it's unsolved, if you will. <laughs> yeah, it is a coincidence. There's nothing, there's nothing to explain. <laughs> All right, this is the one about the supposedly cursed chair that was passed on from Napoleon to someone else to someone else to this angry guy who owned a steel company. Yeah. Wait a second. Was it a steel company? He's a steel magnet. Magnate. If you thought we made this one up, you've met your Waterloo. The tale of this chair was inspired by a true story. Fact. That means that whenever there's a historical reference point in this show, it's likely going to be true. Yep, that that, that might, is what it means. That might be. Yeah, go with that all the time, Chris. Let's yeah, see how that you'll works. You'll get a out. lot more 100% if you did that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we all beat the coin this week. Hey. Random chance has proven something. not as successful. What did the coin get? Two out of five. Speaking of doing worse than other people, I got three out of five. Mark, guess what you got? The same as Chris, Tiffany, and Max, four out of five. Wow. Congratulations, everybody. Congratulations. So it's like the four of us were the winners. Yeah, we were like the Ritz crackers of this whole competition. On that note, uh, real quick, I do want to mention again, Demonic is on Netflix. It's on Blu-ray. It's on DVD. It's on HD DVD. It's on Netflix. Oh, you already said that. That was the first one I said. We said it. Um, Check it out. It's a cool mix of found footage and live action. It's a kind of format that was way ahead of its time. So you should check that out. And in, is there anything else? No. Do you want to plug anything, Tiff? No, I'm good. Thank you all for listening this week. And until next week, this is Beyond Beyond Belief. Beyond Beyond Belief is produced by five friends living in Los Angeles. Our theme song was written for this show. 
It's awesome. Thank you, David Russo. He composed Thanks, music David. for the original series. Our introduction is voiced by Mark Winston, equally talented, awesome guy. If you Thanks, liked to Mark. Okay. If you liked our podcast. No, oh, different Mark. Got it. Uh, no, not you. Not really to stand. Uh, please rate us on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you don't have iTunes or Apple Podcasts, we're on a lot of other things. If you can't find our podcast for some reason, shoot us a, a tweet on the Twitters and we'll submit it to that app as well. And don't ask about Spotify. You got to be like Warner Brothers Music to get on Spotify. It's not happening. If you heard an audio clip during this recording, it was only used for educational commentary and are copyright their original creators you can send us feedback questions or share your own story that is beyond belief by visiting our website at beyondbeyondbelief.com as well as find show notes and links to us on social media social media we're basically beyond belief pod at beyond belief pod on, on twitter, twitter instagram facebook, facebook all of that that's all we got thanks for listening